Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll talk about such topics as the case of the hot and juicy iPad, also the seven traps laid by your wireless carrier. We'll be talking with Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, John Martellero of the Mac Observer, and of course our favorite Mac troubleshooter, Ted Landau, on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> we have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. The main subject everyone's talking about now is that the iPad, the new iPad, is a hot product. Not just because Apple sold 3 million of them as of the first weekend on sale, but because it tends to run a bit hot. Now, you guys over at Laptop Magazine did test the new iPad. Did you notice it running especially warm? Yes. When I first uh, picked it up and we were using it for some benchmarking to see how it performed vis-a-vis the Tegra 3 processor, I noticed that the back of it felt extremely hot after I lifted it up off my desk where I was sitting for just a few minutes. So right away, I thought it was pretty hot. And then, of course, the story started to come out over the weekend after people had gotten to spend some time with it that a lot of users found it to be really hot. Consumer Reports came out with their report that it runs 116 degrees. Now, what they did that we didn't do when we tested for heat is they tested it with the cover on, which obviously blocks some degree of ventilation or some degree of cooling and they played their they played a game continuously but you know that's absurd that's got to be the most absurd thing on the planet because look at it this way if you're going to test the heat generated by the product under extreme conditions which is running a high energy game or doing something like that wouldn't you test it under the circumstances where someone actually uses it nobody uses it under those circumstances, with the cover closed. Well, I think they didn't mean with the cover closed. They meant with the cover bent back over the back. Ah, okay, okay. Understanding it that way. Now, this is darn peculiar because I did read some other reports of the tests, and that, of course, was with the battery being charged, and that's normally not the way you're going to run a game with the thing hooked into a battery charger, such as, of course, the USB outlet on your computer. But the one thing I noticed is that other people who tested it never came up with 116 degrees or 113 degrees. It tended to be just below 100, which is still reasonably warm. But you wonder why is Consumer Reports testing 13 to 16 degrees higher? We got 100. Macworld got 99, so you're about the same. Yeah, we're within the margin of error there. We got 100 and only in one corner of the back, which is bad enough. They got 116. I think one huge difference is having that cover on the back because you're blocking some ventilation. We didn't play the games for quite as long as they did. They were playing for 45 minutes. I also know from my experience doing heat testing on other products that the ambient temperature of the office makes somewhat of a difference. So let's say our office has cooler temperature uh, and they're testing it you know, in a warmer room that has near the ventilators and near the radiator or something, that could have an effect on it. But on the other hand, I think that testing with a cover covering the back, which is a scenario that a lot of people would have, probably does account for some of that temperature difference. But Either in way, that case, though, if the cover is on the back, that would shield you from the heat a little bit, right? Possibly. It's kind of thin. I will say this. There's another aspect to heat 
testing that is really subjective, and that is how bad does it feel? Because different materials that you use on a device can affect how the heat is transmitted to your skin. So even if you run a thermometer or a thermal camera over something and you see that it's hot, but it's made out of material that's like a soft touch rubber or something like that that doesn't conduct heat as well as, say, a metal like the back of the iPad, it won't be as bad. So 100 degrees is not always 100 degrees in terms of the actual feel of it. It's sort of like wind chill. There's no objective measure for that, but I picked it up and it felt scorching hot to me. Now let me ask you a question here. Of the other tablets you guys have tested, any of them feel especially warm under full load? Some are warmer than others. I know that, for example, I think some of the you know Windows tablets we tested got a little warm. The Kindle Fire could get a little warm at times, but nothing like this. I mean, really, this is the hottest by far that I've seen. And by comparison, the Asus ePad Transformer Prime, which has a quad-core Tegra chip in it, maxed out at 94 degrees, did not feel nearly as hot. That 94 degrees is only one corner of the back. So no question, this heat issue is for real. It does feel hotter than other tablets. Let me ask you another question. Did you change the brightness setting to maximum or leave it in the middle, which is the default? I believe we had it at the max. Ah, okay. Um, and yes, that definitely the brightness has an effect. The LTE radio has an effect. I think part of it is, of course, the chip, the graphics chip that is running hot. There's a lot of factors in there. And that's one of the downsides of using mobile device. Certainly, I've had phones that got ridiculously hot like this. And what I find sometimes is that a mobile device will get ridiculously hot when it has trouble getting a signal. So my 4G LTE phone stays nice and cool most of the time. But if I'm in an area where it can't get 4G service and it's trying really hard, that somehow heats up the antenna a great deal and, of course, taxes the battery as well. So that could be a factor for some users with the iPad 4 that are trying LTE. And it's also, and of course, play with the brightness control because normally it's going to be halfway up or a little bit more to get good brightness. If you turn it up all the way to the max, you're going to cut battery life and it's going to run hotter. But if yeah. you leave it at its default setting, usually that's bright enough for most surroundings. But what you did, of course, tested this unit under extreme conditions. This is the worst it gets. It's still not quite as hot, even if we accept Consumer Reports rating, not quite as hot as the hottest notebooks. Some of them get really hot. You can fry eggs on them. And it's not just PCs. The earliest versions of the Apple MacBook and MacBook Pro, they ran pretty hot. That's absolutely true. You know, We do get some notebooks that are really hot on the bottom, but it- we've actually seen a trend toward better notebook cooling in the last year or so. It used to be the case that half or 75% of notebooks we got were over 100 degrees on the bottom and easily over 95 degrees on the top. And now we're seeing very few that fall into that criteria. Uh, Our general rule of thumb is above 95 degrees Fahrenheit is uncomfortable on a top surface of a notebook and the bottom surface of a notebook, you kind of expect a little more heat. So unfortunately, you might you might see up to 100 there on a reasonable notebook. But it seems to be getting better. Now, that's with the exception of things that are really designed for 
in terms of graphics use, like gaming notebooks. When I was at CES and I saw the new uh, Razer Blade notebook, which we haven't reviewed yet here, I touched the bottom of it and I thought my hand was going to burn off because it was so hot. Uh, so hopefully they fixed that before they released it, uh, before they're releasing it. But still, it you know notebook heat is definitely an issue. Mobile devices have generally been better. But in this case, I think the attention is rightly being focused on what is a serious usability issue. Nobody wants to touch, to hold a scalding hot thing in their hands. Uh, Now, of course, the question is, is this going to happen under most normal circumstances? All I can say is when I was benchmark testing, it's just doing a little bit of gaming and, you know, running a couple of graphics benchmarks for like 10, 15 minutes at my desk it got scalding hot. So I don't think it's the situation where you have to really try hard to make it get, get, a bit, get a bit uncomfortably warm. I guess we'll have to see how that basically fares over time. I guess the other consideration is the fact that Apple had to find a way to make this retina display work, and obviously it uses more current, it runs hotter, and this is something that I guess they'll have to work on. Maybe also they could adjust the software for better heat control. You never know. It doesn't have cooling fans like notebooks do. Avram Pilchett, Laptop Magazine, joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash TNO. N-O. You know, we develop trust in the people we know, but we don't really know someone we can see. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a simple online meeting service. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. All it takes is a webcam and a click to instantly collaborate. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code podcast. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realist, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. 
That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at TechNightOwl.com. That's news at TechNightOwl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. We started talking about the hot selling and the hot running iPad, and the new iPad, Apple says, runs within their thermal requirements. I guess we'll have to see how customers continue to use the product, whether Apple needs to make changes, maybe some adjustments in the software to make it run more efficiently. I guess we'll find out. You had an article that you wrote for Laptop, and this is one I want to talk to you about because it's a subject we can talk about for several hours. It's called The Seven Worst Smartphone Injustices and How to Fight Them. And number one, let's go through the seven as quickly as we can here, which will take us about four hours, Abram. Number one, I'll give you the headline and you maybe explain, okay? Number one, sealed batteries, weak battery life. Ouch. This is a trend that makes me really angry, which is a trend towards skilled batteries on phones. It's happening a lot. They learn from Uh, Apple. They learned from Apple, right? Apple, they learned it. I'm going to make a commercial where, like, there's Apple finds a sealed battery in its son's closet and says, where did you learn this? And son says, I learned it from watching you. The sealed battery on the iPhone, you know, and iPad kind of work out because you've got, like, eight, you know, eight, nine, ten hours of battery life on those devices. On the MacBook, you know, on the MacBooks, like the Air, you're still only getting like six hours of endurance, which is not 
in my opinion, enough for something that's ultra portable. But now you have people like HTC and Motorola getting into the game with their phone with unremovable batteries. And a lot of these phones don't get particularly great battery life. You know, the original Droid Razor was getting like three or four hours. Want to remove its battery? Tough touchscreens to you. The Motorola Droid 4, I love it. I love the keyboard. I love the screen can't consider using it right now because it's five and a half hours of battery life. And if you don't like that, there's no option for you to carry a spare or to buy a replacement. One of the great things about a lot of today's smartphones is you have the option, should you want to, to buy a third-party battery. And while it might require a new battery door that makes the back of the notebook just a little bit thicker, gives it just a little bit of a butt lift, it's going to not really weigh that much more, maybe you know, an imperceptible one or two ounces and maybe double your battery life. I think that's a choice people should have, but unfortunately, a lot of phone makers, such as HTC and Motorola nowadays, don't think you should have that choice. I think part of the issue also is they want to make it seamless and smooth and attractive, and when you put a little battery compartment, suddenly it becomes less seamless, less smooth, less attractive, so you have a couple of people like Motorola. The Droid Razer Max has a sealed battery, but it's a very big battery. In that case, they at least gave you, you know, enough battery life that you can probably say, you know what, this gets about eight and a half hours of continuous use. I can live with this battery and not have to replace it. On the other hand, who knows if that eight and a half hours is still going to be what you get on it a year after you bought it. And really, it's taking away your freedom of choice to say, I'm going to replace this I'm going to replace this battery either with a bigger one that might come from the same company or a third party or to carry a spare with you. I mean, it's your, it's your phone. You should have the option of whether or not you want to give it, give it a butt lift. What is wrong with a little bit of extra plastic or extra metal on the back, another millimeter or something? There's this horrible arms race to make your phone the thinnest that you could possibly, it could possibly be. But what's another couple of, what's another couple of inches on the back? Don't we like phones with big backs? <laughs> we don't want to get into that kind of scenario because then it gets rather raunchy. Okay, so that's the sealed battery injustice, Apple being one of the major offenders. Let's see what happens. But I guess if they sell as many as they can build, who cares? All right, number two, 20-month wait between phone upgrades. Does this mean, like, for example, that's how long it takes before you can get another phone without paying that horrible early termination fee? So... Obviously, if you look at how quickly the smartphone market is changing... It's like every hour. Yeah, like every hour. The phone that you bought last month, even if it was the top-of-the-line phone, seems outdated this month. What happens to most consumers in the United States is you have to sign a two-year contract. Yes, you can buy phones off contract if you're willing to spend an arm and a leg, or you can go through a smaller carrier like Metro PCS or someone like that and buy a prepaid or whatever, but you're not going to get the latest and greatest phone that way. So last year at this time, the latest and greatest phone on Verizon was the HTC Thunderbolt because it was the first LTE phone. But it had a single core. The battery was weak. We all knew it had its issues, but people bought it in droves because they wanted that LTE. Well, within six months, that phone was looking like an old codger. I mean, it didn't. you had phones with high-risk screens. You had phones with dual core. You had phones with much longer battery life. But 
people who bought the HTC Thunderbolt back in you know March, back last March or April when it was the bomb, now are going to be stuck with stuck with it until at least you know fall of 2013. That's that's a really long time to hold on to a really old, outdated piece of technology. Yeah, but this in the economics of the industry such that if you were able to upgrade more often, you'd pay more for the phone. The phone companies and wireless carriers are saying that, okay, in exchange for us giving you the phone for $99 or 199 instead of 699 you got to keep it longer because basically we're paying that out over that 12- or 24-month period. It's about profit and loss. It is fair to say, because I've read studies that say that a lot of these carriers don't actually make a profit off of you until sometime in the second year of your two-year contract because of the level of subsidy. So this is an injustice against the, uh, the user that's a little bit hard to combat. There are ways to get a phone a little bit cheaper before the 20-month uh, period, though. For example, some companies, if you call them, will give a loyal customer a little bit of a break. Especially um, if you say, I'm going to go to the other carrier. But see, it makes it really hard for you to do that because the ETH, the economics for you as a user with the ETF, for the early termination fee, don't make it worth your while. The early termination fee allows places $350. So, you're going to early terminate $350 because you know from Verizon, let's say, because they, you know, you're sick of your HTC Thunderbolt. Then you're going to go over to AT&T and buy yourself a new 4G LTE phone on AT&T for $200. But that means, in effect, you spent $350 to early terminate on Verizon. There's probably some other myriad of fees that you'll get hit with or usage time where you'll get billed for stuff and you know overlapping or whatever then you're going to spend another two hundred dollars to buy the new phone from somebody else subsidized by the time you've gone through all of these expenses you spent a good five fifty six hundred dollars which is exactly what you would pay to buy an unsubsidized phone so economically it doesn't work out for you to threaten to leave because of how high the ETF is, unless somehow you're getting a lower early termination fee. But now, I know with the first couple of generations of the iPhone, AT&T would upgrade you if you paid over $99 a month after 12 to 18 months on contract. So they gave a little bit to sell you the new iPhone and a new two-year contract. I did that two years in a row. We have Abram Pilch at Laptop Magazine. More of the smartphone horror stories coming up on the other side. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. This, folks, is a revelation. No more wall warts for charging your USB devices, including your iPads, iPhones, iPods, Android cell phones, USB chargeable cameras, and more. Power to you replaces the standard AC outlet and gives you two high-power USB ports and two AC outlets. To get one, go to maxsales.com slash power to you. That's maxsales.com, power number two, letter U. Check it out. <laughs> 
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. In the past, I've taken a lot of different vitamins, some through health food stores, some that friends recommend. Colleen talking about her experience with Super Sea Veg. And with the Super Sea Veg, I was seeing a lot better results. Super Sea Veg with Vita D and C Cal is the most powerful dietary food supplement in the world today, and nothing else comes close. Super Sea Veg is a whole food that makes me feel good. Think of Super Sea Veg as the unvitamin. I have taken other things, and they just didn't work. This seems to work for me. And Super Sea Veg comes with a 90-day money-back guarantee. Store-bought vitamins do not have the supplement and the full, whole feeling I have from Super Sea Veg. Get 15% off your first purchase on our website, superseaveg.com. That's super, S-E-A-V-E-G.com. At checkout, enter coupon code UNVITAMIN. Or place your order at 866-SEA-VEG. That's 866-732-8344. Eating Super Sea Veg daily is eating right. Your family and loved ones aren't ready for empty grocery store shelves. Will they survive if the system crashes tomorrow? Are you prepared to feed your family when a major crisis occurs? Will they perish from the lack of available food because you procrastinated? Getting self-reliant is the only way to ensure you and your loved ones will make it through the coming hardships. One of the most important survival products that is a must-have is Garden Food Seeds. GetSeeds.net is offering a huge garden in a bag that will give you and your family the food security that it deserves. Our food garden in a bag consists of a whopping 100 packets of the highest quality non-GMO, heirloom vegetable, culinary herbs, and a couple of garden varieties variety of fruit seeds for only $59. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 100 packets of seeds for only $59. This blowout sale will end soon, so call now to secure your huge garden in a bag that is heat sealed for long-term storage at GetSeeds.net. That's GetSeeds.net or call now at 877-341-GROW. That's 877-341-4769. Don't delay. Call today. Don't answer it. If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings, knowing it may be another bill collector, it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days, 800-477-9256. Settlements, bankruptcy, and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary. Listen, if you're already in debt, does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court. Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or a foreclosure, we can help at Zero Debt in 90 Days, and we are the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Or call now for free information, 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. Obviously, the question of having to pay those humongous early termination fees. If you want to get rid of that ancient phone, 
a year, year and a half later, and I don't know what we can do about that, the way the economics of the industry works. Number three, this makes no sense to me at all. Pay extra for tethering. Tethering is like, well, you can take your iPhone or your Droid phone or your iPad, whatever, and it's getting its internet connection from the cell phone provider, so you could network that with a notebook or something else. In a sense, it's tethering. But the wireless carriers want you to pay more for that. What's the difference to them how you use it? You're paying for bandwidth anyway. Well, the difference to them is that they see an opportunity, and that's what they're going of to course. use to try and charge you. I remember back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, when people first started getting routers for the homes, I looked in my cable provider's little pricing book, and they wanted to charge people 5 or $10 per PC to share the internet in their homes. I think they realized after a while they couldn't stop this, and so they just gave up. But wireless providers don't realize that, and so they're still trying to charge people a good $20, $30 a month tethering fee to use the same amount of data and share it with their tablet or their notebook. Their dream, what they, what they live for, is to try and get you on as many contracts as possible. So it's not just enough for you to have to have to pay for internet on your phone. Why don't you buy a tablet from us and pay for internet on that? And why don't you buy Wi-Fi and pay for separately for internet on that? The hotspot capability sort of throws that off because it's really the smartest way for the user to maximize what they're paying for internet. Now, there are ways around this. That's the good news. If you download an app for Android called PDANet, and it is in the Android market, it will allow you to tether your phone via USB to any notebook and use the Internet that way. Is there one for the iPhone? As far as I know, you would need to have a jailbroken iPhone, and I think there are apps out there for that. You know, there's Uh, an interesting thing here, interesting story came out the other day, where somebody had, I guess, an iPhone. And, of course, if you have an AT&T contract, they will not unlock your iPhone. They'll unlock almost every other phone but not an iPhone. So this particular person's dilemma is they're moving to Canada to work. So they need to use a carrier there. They go broke, and that's another discussion here. But they'd go broke if they were forced to continue to use AT&T in Canada. So they talked to AT&T, and AT&T said, ask Apple. Apple said, ask AT&T. He wrote to Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, <laughs> and they agreed to grant a one-time exception. I like the way they do that. You know, you, you get them to do something they didn't want to do, even though it's a logical thing to do, a sensible thing to do, and they will grant you a one-time exception. Which, of course, if a lot of people ask for that exception, it's not one time. Whatever. They did it. But this is, of course, the other issue here where you're kind of stuck and tied to the carrier. It doesn't matter if you're paying your bill on time. It goes to be the same thing, same issue. Tethering is just a way for them to get more money from you. Number four, lose your smartphone. Lose your shirt. I know Apple has this feature called Find My iPhone, which supposedly helps you. If you lose your iPhone, but even then, if you don't lock your phone, you could still lose your shirt. Well, I mean, obviously, it's wonderful to be able to find something you lost. I used to have a flip phone that kept wanting to leave me. I lost it in cab three times, and three times people called me to give it back to me. I guess nobody wanted it. I can't blame them. 
But if you lose your phone, your phone is stolen, you drop it down the toilet and don't want to take, pick it up again, you're going to need uh, to get a new phone. Well, with this 20-month uh, business that we discussed a few minutes ago, you're stuck with that same situation whether you just want a new phone or whether you desperately need a new phone because you lost yours. You're still likely stuck with a serious problem. Now, the solution is, once again, try to get a one-time exception. Perhaps they'll give you one if you call and make your case to the carrier. Another possible solution is eBay. Uh, or something like it. Where now, you don't have problems. insurance plans, though. I don't recommend the insurance plan. The insurance plan, for example, on Verizon is $7 a month with a $99 deductible. And it doesn't guarantee you that you will get the same phone back if your phone breaks or is lost. So you bought a Samsung Galaxy Nexus because you really liked it. You lost it. You were paying $7 a month for it, so you, you know, let's say it's a few months in, and if you lose it the next day, then wow, you got your money's worth. But, you know, let's say it's a few months in, so you've invested $100, $120, you know, $150 maybe in paying the premiums, then they're going to charge you $99, now you're up to like $250, and they're not going to give you a new phone, they, they will give you a remanufactured phone, and it might not be the same model, it'll be what they consider equivalent, which could very well be some $50 smartphone. So Now, let me tell you um, something, though, which is something which can add to this. With AT&T on iPhone, they have a $10 a month plan with the $99 deductible. But if you go to Apple, Apple Care, which you can get within 30 days of buying an iPhone, they charge you $99 up front, period, and you pay $49 deductible if your phone is lost or damaged. Well, that's certainly, that's certainly a better deal because then your investment is really... 100 to 150 dollars, and since if it's through Apple, you're obviously going to get another iPhone. I think the worst thing that could happen is you're an iPhone user, and then the company decides that an equivalent phone for you would be an Android phone. I hope that they wouldn't do that, but who knows? It's not in the fine print. Fine print says that they can give you an equivalent phone of their choosing. So you have to argue with them whether you regard an Android phone as equivalent. Yeah, I mean, that's an argument I don't think you want to get into. So I think a lot of people are going to take the gamble uh, that they're not going to lose their phone. And if you take that gamble and you don't spend money on the thought that you might lose it, you know, what are you really gambling? You're gambling, you know, a few hundred dollars. Well, here's how you don't, here's how you can avoid spending the 650 or $500 predatory price that they charge you if you need uh, if you need a phone and you have to buy it off contract. You obviously could try and make your case to a representative, hey, I lost my phone, but I'm a good customer. Can you let me do an early upgrade or give me some kind of discount? Or if that's not working out for you, there are used and unlocked phones available for a significantly lower price than the carrier sells them for at places like eBay. Um, you know, you have to do your research finding a reputable seller, but I looked around and you can get a Samsung Galaxy Nexus that's been used and hopefully works for three fifty, whereas Verizon sells it for six fifty. So, you know, there there are options out there. I wish it was a little bit more just for the user because I think you have a real Either way, you're going to lose quite a bit of money if you lose this expensive object that you're carrying around. Now, the other possibility here, maybe it's a possibility, is your contract with your homeowner's insurance or tenant's insurance. They will frequently cover 
mobile equipment. However, there's a deductible, and the deductible may be $250, so it doesn't matter where you go. Or maybe you can negotiate with an add-on policy for a $100 deductible. In that case, we don't assume that you're going to lose your smartphone or your tablet every other day. That might be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just really caution people that, you know, this is this is just me talking, but uh, consumer reports and a lot of consumer advocacy groups agree that, you know, most of these cases, you're better off taking the gamble that you don't lose it and not signing up for a plan than being paranoid and signing up for a plan. I mean, obviously, you want to insure things in life that have a very expensive loss factor. You insure your health, insure your home, insure your car, you know, life insurance. But insure your $500 gadget, you know, and take the risk that if you don't lose it, you spent maybe $150 over the course of a couple of years, like a third of the price just on insurance. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the things to consider here is, you know, stick it in the bank and then use it if you need it. But over a few years, you may never lose a phone and you'll have a little bit of interest, maybe half a percent interest. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with Bio Superfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered Bio Superfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The Bio Superfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity and is safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your Bio Superfood formulas at BioAge.com. Spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com. BioAge.com. Or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge. The age of advanced organics. What you're about to hear will help you remember where to find the best water filter products at the best prices on the web. There. Did you hear it? 
BerkeyShop.com, with the newest Berkey products in stock, the best prices on Berkey products anywhere, fast free shipping, and the most amazing customer service. BerkeyShop.com, home of all Berkey water filter products like the Big Berkey, for producing clean drinking water by removing contaminants, chemicals, heavy metals, and even fluoride. Call 1-888-6-BERKEY to get your Berkey water filter, perfect for home, travel, camping, or disasters. And BerkeyShop.com is the perfect site to get your Berkey, because we're open 24-7, with free shipping and no sales tax. Even celebrities and NFL athletes shop at BerkeyShop.com. Call 1-888-6-BERKEY to order your Berkey products. That's 888-6-BERKEY or go to BerkeyShop.com. 888-6-BERKEY or go to BerkeyShop.com. For everything Berkey, shop BerkeyShop.com. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with Fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your Fake TV for only $34.95, go to FakeTV.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to FakeTV.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine on the Tech Night Owl Live, and we're discussing the seven worst smartphone injustices. Number five is... In disinterested carriers, vendors don't issue OS updates. Obviously, for the iPhone and iPad, no problem. But when it comes to Android, they don't care. And, and Windows Phone is also an issue. I mean, clearly you have a disinterested party here in the carrier and, in the, and in the, even in the manufacturer. Imagine if you bought an HP notebook from Best Buy and you had to depend on the goodwill of the people at Best Buy to keep issuing you security patches and Windows updates because you couldn't get them directly from Microsoft. Well, Best Buy already had your money. They don't care. You know, they might think that, you know, hey, he might not come back in two years or three years when he needs a new notebook. But, you know, I don't think carriers think that way because churn rates are really, really low and they're all doing the same thing. So here you're depending on the carrier to decide, hey, you you deserve Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich. I'll give it to you. Or in the case of, say, Windows Phone, they can opt out of really significant updates even though all Windows phones get the same update. I was shocked to find out that the next update to Windows Phone or one of the next ones is going to give people the ability to attach multiple messages to SMS uh, or multiple photos to SMS, ability to attach SMS audio, all kinds of SMS improvements. Uh, But the carriers can decide they don't want to do this. And what's their incentive? After all, they can get people to send more SMS messages if they did, if they opt out. And, of so course, that gets to number six, which is out-of-control texting rates. And we understand that 
Texting uses very little bandwidth. It's a big cash cow for the wireless carriers. We understand that. But I think in terms of getting the OS updates, wouldn't it be up to Google with Android, Microsoft with Windows Phone to mandate that the carriers with whom they sign contracts have some kind of upgrade policy to make sure everyone's getting the security updates. First and foremost, security updates, and second, the feature upgrades. I totally agree. I think that Google and Microsoft need to do a better job. They can't just be so beholden to the carriers. Somebody's got to put the user first. Now, as a user, you can you can fetch like I do, uh, but you also have the option of, of course, buying an, an Apple phone that where Apple distributes updates centrally, and you have the option, in the case of Android, of rooting your phone, which will void the warranty, but will allow you to install updated versions of the operating system. But we shouldn't have to do that. We have to complain to the companies who build those OSs to fix their licensing in favor of the customer, not the carrier. Number seven, surfing the web in a foreign country costs more than flying there. It's because of the roaming issue with data, with phone calls even. It's horrendous. It's because of greed. I mean, that's, that's, there's no other way to put it. When I was in Spain several weeks ago, I was able to buy a SIM card uh, for nine euros that gave me a week. We had problems getting it set up, but assuming that it worked, that gave me a week of unlimited data on the phone. That's $12 for a week of unlimited data. Now, when AT&T is charging you roaming, they're probably using the same networks that I bought the SIM card on. They're of probably course. using the Orange or Vodafone or Yoigo over there in Spain. So are you telling me that AT&T is paying more for all of the roaming that their customers do? They're sending more money over per megabyte over to Orange. And the moon uh, is made of green cheese. They're, they're clearly paying paying even lower rates because they're buying it in bulk, which means that they are completely ripping you off. Now, there is a nice solution to this. The solution is make sure you get an unlocked phone. Sometimes a carrier will unlock your phone if it's AT&T or T-Mobile. A lot of times they won't. You may have to buy an unlocked phone. When you get there to the country, try buying a prepaid SIM, although if you have language problems, it could be an issue, or if you don't go to the carrier store and you do what I did and go to the Spanish equivalent of Walmart, you might get an incompetent cashier who doesn't know how to set it up. Or you could go and, um, if data is the main issue, rent from a company called XCOM Global, which will rent you a MiFi for $15 a day. They'll mail it to you here in the U.S. before you leave. You'll mail it, give, give you a prepaid envelope to mail it back when you return, and they will preload it with a proper SIM card to get 3G in that country, and, will, and that's for unlimited. Now, that's not your phone. That's not your voice. Uh, for that, you would need a SIM, but in theory... Uh, if you keep it charged up, you could tether your phone to it wirelessly. You can tether your notebook to it wirelessly. So that's another possible solution. Yeah, they um, ought to have a program here, and this goes with AT&T and the iPhone. And that is, if you're traveling overseas, stop the greed and give you the option to have it unlocked for a given period. Okay, I've got a plane ticket here. I'm going to be in Madrid for three weeks. Unlock my iPhone for three weeks. I'm still paying my monthly bill anyway. You're getting the same amount of money from me. Let me unlock it. I'll stick in a SIM card from a foreign carrier, and they can even make a partnership with one of them instead of the greedy prices. And for that three weeks, I use the data plan from that foreign carrier. I'm still paying you the same thing every month. 
And then when I come back to this country, I reconnect it. And they can even make agreements, whatever, to guarantee you're going to do that. But I think they would be treating the customer better and probably in the end make a commission on these deals and make more money from the customer because the customer would not live in fear of using their phone for five minutes and going broke. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like living in a time before international travel, the way that they treat international roaming. It's as if you're in some other universe. Believe me, they. it's not that the people at AT&T do not do business with the people at Vodafone or whatever the local carrier is. It's not like they don't know each other and they can't make a deal and they don't already have deals that and that they're overcharging you on it. So it is extremely corrupt. There are some plans that you can get that will make the price a little bit less, but they're so not worth it, like $25 for 50 megabytes abroad. 50 megabytes, I could download a couple emails and ease through that. So, you know, the best... Someone sends you an attachment with a photo. One, two photos, you've used up your data plan. Yeah, and and the problem is you won't even know how bad it was until you get home and you look at that bill. So I wouldn't even touch using data roaming with a 10-foot pole because even if you think you're not going to use a lot of data, all you need is someone to send you the wrong email and you're paying through the nose. I, I wish, though, that you didn't have to run out to the local store when you get to these foreign countries and try to find someone who will be nice to you as a tourist or a business traveler and sell you a SIM because... Uh, in my experience, they're not always eager to really help you. There's not always a, a convenience store at the airport when you land. And how do you know they're even honest? They take your money and you get something that's worthless. What do you do? Go to the police? Right. You know, we had serious problems in Spain where the, the cash re- cashier couldn't figure out how to, like, ring up a prepaid SIM or something, and we ended up with one that didn't really work. I think, you know, there's clearly a role here for the U.S. carriers to help their customers get online when they're abroad, but they're more interested in trying to squeeze people through bill shock than they are in in actually helping them to get online and and do serious business when they're abroad. I would think, like I said, I think the answer is, again, the carriers would do better by their customers. And Dan Hesse over at Sprint seems like a nice guy. Maybe he can do that. And that is allow you of course, with you know CDMA, you're not going to be able to use the phone anyway in most areas of Europe and a lot of other countries. But at least the carriers should consider making deals with other carriers and selling it as a package. We have a special overseas package, not the greedy one, but the one that makes sense. We give you something here. Go to your AT&T store. Go to Best Buy. Buy a Spain package. Buy a France package. Buy a Germany package. And this way you pay a fair price. You get the service you need. You stay a customer of AT&T because they're making that big dollar amount from you every month. And that way, at least you are getting service in a way that is fair to your budget and fair to everybody. Everybody makes out from there. People are encouraged because it's relatively inexpensive to buy the officially sanctioned AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever, SIM cards or whatever service to use it overseas, and that way they don't have to worry about sticker shock. I mean, in some ways, I think these wireless carriers are living in the wrong century, and not the 20th or the 19th, but something way farther back. Right. I mean, it's as if people don't try, as if they don't realize that people travel. I even had problems getting my phone enabled to make international calls. By default, Verizon phones, our smartphones, are not activated to actually even dial 
non-U.S. numbers. We understand that because they're afraid people are going to yell and scream. Tell our listeners before they yell and scream where we can find more of the stuff you write about. Uh, So you can find my weekly GeekSkeek column, including the seven injustices, at laptopmag.com slash geekskeek. You can keep up with all of our mobile news at laptopmag.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at at geekinchief. And you know what? Maybe if we clog the airwaves over Twitter and Facebook complaining about wireless carrier and wireless phone maker abuses, maybe they'll listen. Maybe they won't. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So when you think of hot and juicy, you think of hamburgers, right? From your favorite fast food outlet. Well, maybe your iPad, your next new iPad, is hot and juicy, at least hot. And we have John Martellero of the Mac Observer to talk about that and other subjects. John, welcome back. Let me ask you a question. Your experiences with an iPad 3, hot? No. I've had an iPad 3 for a week now, and I'm not feeling any difference, although I'm not playing any really intensive games. Uh, I use it for surfing and reading and for Twitter, uh, and I cannot feel any difference Um I think there are people who are using CPU and graphics-intensive games who are noticing about a, a 10 degree Fahrenheit increase, and that doesn't surprise me. But I think there's uh, more heat than clarity going around, and um, uh, I don't think it's a big problem. Now, the Consumer Reports test, where they got 116 degrees, what they did, and this is not the way I think people are meant to use an iPad, they plug the iPad into a charger. They have it in a metal case, standing with a metal case. And while it's in the charger, they're running a full-frame video game. And they get 116 degrees. And they said, oh, yeah, well, without the charger, it's 113. But how many people are playing games, intense games, with their iPads or iPhones plugged into a wall socket? Isn't the point of having a portable device that it's portable? Yes, and the price you pay for power is always power. You can't have a faster CPU or faster LTE network without generating more power. 
And so this is the way things go in technology. We want more juice. We want more CPU power. We want more graphics power. We want we faster want games. We want four times the number of pixels on the screen. Exactly. Something's got to give. You can't violate the laws of physics. There is going to be some extra heat. But claiming this is a defect rather than simply a law of physics and the way things go, when you press a system to its limits and trying to make some sort of fuss out about it as if it were, you know, defective, as, as, as opposed to, you know, just the, the fallout from the, the design, I, I think is a little bit disingenuous by some sites. And, you know, some people also will run these tests with the brightness at maximum. Now, understand normally you set the brightness of these at its default level, which is about halfway and maybe a little bit brighter. That's usually the normal setting. If you make it brighter, two things happen. It uses more current, so therefore the battery doesn't last as long. And, oh, yes, it runs hotter. Exactly. Exactly. So one wonders what the motivation here is. Ted Landau wrote a nice article at the Mac Observer about uh, whether the um, Apple media is biased. (laughs) And the answer is, of course we are. Well, of course, but you also have to think, I think Consumer Reports is biased against Macs and Apple products. They always are. It's like they are lusting after the story. As soon as people started reporting that the thing runs hot, Consumer Reports has somebody on one of the cable TV networks saying, yeah, it runs hot, before they do their tests. And when they do their tests, even though they forced it, induced it to get 116 degrees on it, they still said it wasn't too hot. You have to wonder what people's motivations are. You know, the Apple press... As, as Ted Landau described it, has to be enthusiastic. And he gives the example about a Corvette magazine. You know, if you are a Corvette enthusiast, you're going to read a magazine about Corvettes. And you expect the editors to be just as enthusiastic as you are. And if they're continually bad-mouthing Corvettes, then you're not going to subscribe to that magazine. So there is a certain amount of uh, enthusiasm and uh, bias, if you want to call it, in favor of a great product. When you recognize you have a great product, whether it's a BMW or, you know, a Mi telescope or an Apple iPhone or whatever. Uh, On the other hand, if you're just in it to uh, make a fuss and to draw attention without being an enthusiast, in effect, maybe, you know, a bit of an agitator, then one wonders what you're up to. Well, at the same time, a magazine like Macworld or even the Mac Observer, you're going to criticize Apple where criticism is necessary. You're not the ultimate fanboy type. You're going to say, well, we like or prefer Apple products, but they screw up sometimes, and we're going to call them on it, just like I do. I know I cover a lot of stuff about Apple on the Tech Night Owl Live, but I criticize Apple quite often for screwy things they do. And certainly, if there was a real problem with the new iPad... I think a lot of people would complain, but they have to be realistic. And remember, too, as the technology develops, Apple will probably revise the iOS software for better heat management because we saw them do that with the first MacBooks and MacBook Pros. You can fry eggs on those things. Well, yeah, and you've got to remember that Apple does, does tests, too, before they ship this equipment, and they look at... Uh, the normal kind of use from the normal kind of customers. You know, you got kids doing drawing, you got people reading their Kindles books, you got people surfing the net and looking at maps, and and then you got a few people who are really pressing the system to its limits and using LTE a lot and and doing 
uh, high energy games and you know those are the outliers and so you have to ask yourself are, are, is the average person going to run across this effect no and then they wonder what all the fuss is about um, and uh, it's just a way to generate page views Consumer Reports, I think, is hungry for that. I think Consumer Reports tries to latch on to that. Not that Consumer Reports doesn't have accurate measurements, but you have to wonder. Here, they deliberately craft a test just to make the new iPad look bad, and we have to compare it with these Tegra 3-equipped tablets from the PC makers, for example. Also, you have to look, do they test smartphones for heat generation? Some of those get pretty hot. So what about that? What about their claim that the iPhone 4, the original, was the only one that had an antenna gate sort of problem when you hold it yeah. the right way? That's nonsense. Everyone knows it's a lie. But Consumer Reports did it, and they got a lot of publicity. Well, the and I think point. they're screwing themselves because they have a reputation. We're uncorruptible. Yeah. We do not get products for testing from manufacturers. We go to the source. We buy them at dealers like you do, regular shipping products. We don't take ads. But they still screw up badly. Well, here's here's the bigger question. Suppose Consumer Reports was doing a review of a, of a car, and, and the handling was dangerous, and you could go off the road and get killed. Or they were reviewing a household appliance where you know if you made that one little mistake, you could cut off a finger uh, using it. You know these are things that you need to be aware of. But understanding that you have a very powerful tablet in your hands, and it's going to get warm when pressed. Is this something I need to know in order to make a buying decision? Oh, no. I don't want to buy an iPad 3. It can run real hot. If it ran so. real hot, I, I mean really right. burns the touch under normal use and service, that would be a problem. It doesn't appear to be a problem. No, I mean even a hot chocolate from Starbucks is 130 and you drink it. You have to get up to 150, 160 degrees before you're going to get scalded. You know, Consumer Reports says 120 degrees for a notebook computer. That's nonsense. I know that there are notebooks out there, even the original generation of MacBooks and MacBook Pros that got over 120 degrees. I live in 120 degrees. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I mean, there's a difference between air temperature and, you know, and touching to your fingers. Um, concentrated heat can be a little bit annoying, but... The, you know, other than what I've read and other, one, other than what I have felt in handling my iPad, um, I think it's overblown. So They're blowing smoke, getting a lot of hits, but I see more and more of the tech media being skeptical of Consumer Reports. That's a change. You know, most people just kind of fawn over them. This is Consumer Reports. Everything they say you take as gospel. I think people are seeing now after this debacle with the iPhone 4 that they are not incorruptible, that they do make mistakes, and sometimes they have an agenda. And somebody oh. who used to be in their IT department told me on the sly that they used Macs in their editorial department, but their computer people were in favor of Windows. This is why, for example, when you see tests of Mac versus PCs, they never check the operating system. That's true, of course, with smartphones. I never checked the operating system to see which one has a better usability ratio about the, such things as snappiness, fluidity, things like that, things for which Apple is known for. We have John Martellero of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. What you're about to hear will help you remember where to find the best water filter products at the best prices on the web. There. Did you hear it? BerkeyShop.com, with the newest Berkey products in stock, the best prices on Berkey products anywhere, fast free shipping, and the most amazing customer service. BerkeyShop.com, home of all Berkey water filter products like the Big Berkey, for producing clean drinking water by removing contaminants, chemicals, heavy metals, and even fluoride. Call 1-888-6-BERKEY to get your Berkey water filter, perfect for home, travel, camping, or disasters. And BerkeyShop.com is the perfect site to get your Berkey, because we're open 24-7, with free Shipping and no sales tax. Even celebrities and NFL athletes shop at BerkeyShop.com. Call 1-888-6-BERKEY to order your Berkey products. That's 888-6-BERKEY or go to BerkeyShop.com. 888-6-BERKEY or go to BerkeyShop.com. For everything Berkey, shop BerkeyShop.com. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature.
get Cat Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. We have John Martel Harrow of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So no more hot and juicy iPads until, of course, our next discussion with Ted Landau a bit later in the show. But right now, let's move to something else here. And I'll preface this by the fact that through most of his independent life, my son Grayson has never had a landline phone. Where he lives now, they do have a landline phone, but he shares it with a roommate. But his own personal phone has been wireless since he was a teen. He cut the cord. Did you cut the cord? I did. Um, The reason my wife and I have had a landline for a while was because it had some advantages. Uh, Reverse 911, uh, the ability to ring in every room of the house, and the fact that it would continue operating if we lost household power, we could still make emergency phone calls. So we kind of rode along with it for a while uh, until we went into the Verizon store the other day, and it turns out uh, there is a product that Verizon has designed to specifically put the landline baby bells out of business. <laughs> and they're a baby bell, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're from, uh, let's see, what was it, Bell Atlantic. But uh, They uh, really got onto the wireless bandwagon, unlike uh, U.S. West, which became Quest, which became CenturyLink. Oh, don't um, even tell me about them. Yeah. They are yeah. horrible to deal with. They have the worst customer support. Part of it is outsourced. And I have no yeah. problem with outsource if it's done right. I mean, I've dealt with companies that have outsourced support, and they're perfectly fine. Maybe there's a bit of an accent there, but who cares? I mean, you know, this is a melting pot country. We don't worry about things like that. But the support you get from CenturyLink, every time I've tried them, I want to scream at them. So CenturyLink will not advertise on this radio show, by the way. I want to assure you of that. Well, it's a smaller company that bought a larger company that was in trouble, and I don't know the politics of it, but I have heard that they're laying off people. And that. What happened to us was our phone landline went out three times in December and January, and each time it was like pulling teeth, you know, jump through hoops, and they tell you to disconnect all your cordless phones. It's your fault. Warn you about household wiring going bad. No, no nothing has changed except that my dial tone went away and if you guys repair your home service my dial tone will come back and there's nothing wrong with my system so uh then when it returns there's crackling and uh noise on it and i was trying to call my mom about uh three weeks ago and i couldn't even talk to her because her voice is soft and the crackling and the noise was just killing it of course i have an iphone it's digital and it's always pretty crisp and pretty clean so then I was in the Verizon store and I ran across this thing called the Verizon Wireless Home Phone Connect device. It's a little box about the size of uh, two iPhones next to each other that acts like a cell phone. You put it in a window or somewhere where you have good reception and then you plug your home phone into it. Now, how do you get it to ring in every room? Well, there's two ways. One, you can be sneaky and you can run around a line to where the phone system comes into your house in the back and unplug your landline there and plug into your household wiring. Then you get a dial tone in every room. Or you can install a cordless base station into it, keep it in your office, and have a remote. That's what I do, by the way, with our Internet-based phone service. But basically, you're using 
Verizon Wireless here. You're using a wireless phone, but you're equipping it with their gadget to work like a regular household lamp. Yeah, well, it comes in wireless over the CDMA. We get fairly good reception with Verizon. The house has got a little uh, four-and-a-half-inch, 12-centimeter antenna. I'm getting two out of three bars that has three levels of signal. And then I plug the cordless base station into it, and I do wireless, you know, everywhere in the house. So all the cords are gone, except for the link between the cordless base station and the, and the Verizon device. And despite all that wireless stuff, I get a fairly good uh, signal. It's That's what I was worried about, that it would sound too digital-based. Oh, it's not as great as the very best landlines, but it's still pretty good. The nice thing about it is it's nineteen ninety-five a month plus tax for unlimited U.S. dialing. Uh, it has a battery in it that lasts for f- over 40 hours. So if you lose household power, you've still got phone service. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. It's not using your wireless minutes then? No. It's separate. It's Can, does that mean it's using your wireless numbers or is it separate numbers? Well, what we're doing is we're porting our uh, landline home phone number to it. It's eligible for a porting. So it's separate from your wireless account in terms it's of that. from your wireless But it's account. using yeah, the same absolutely. technology. Absolutely. Mm. What and I it's have got a here, simple battery in it. So, you know, if you lose household power and the battery runs dry, you can snap a new battery into it and still be online. What about reverse 911? Okay, so what you have to do with reverse 911 is two things. One, it's got an integrated GPS in it, which I haven't tested. And presumably when you call 911, they can identify you depending on the technical capability of the 911 service. Or barring that, you can register with your county. Like here in Colorado, there are some counties where you can go on the Internet and register reverse 911 and have it sent to your cell phone instead. So you've got two options there. You can buy the device with a two-year contract, so it's yours. It's 20 bucks. Um, it's got caller ID and caller waiting. There's voicemail. It's even got a USB port on the back, but I haven't explored what that's for. Uh, technically, it's a uh, cell phone, so marketing people shouldn't be calling you on a cell phone. Um, and it's trivial to use. They configured it in the office. It took 60 seconds. The saleswoman handed it to me. I took it home. I turned it on, plugged my home phone into it, and I was up and running. Now, I'll tell it's you something. Here's a system Apple I experience. use. Apple, Apple experience. experience. Here's what I have. I have a standard VoIP or Internet phone service. One we use is phone power. We have two lines with them. We pay with a two-year deal. You pay $15 a month. Now, for $15 a month, what I get is unlimited calls to the U.S. and Canada. Okay? Unlimited calls, U.S. and Canada. 60 minutes free international calling to 60 Mm -hmm. countries. And then they have super discounts. I mean... Calling my son's landline is 1.1 cents. Calling his cell phone is 7 cents a minute. So, you know, really, it's pretty, pretty inexpensive. And the connection, obviously, is to the Internet. The quality is, as far as I can tell, identical to any landline. It has reverse 911 done this way. You register your address with their service. Right. And by doing that the local police can figure out where you are in case of an emergency. For the most part, I've had a few glitches because the technology, VoIP technology, is still not 100%. I've had a few glitches occasionally, but it's kind of like the cable modem. If your cable modem acts flaky, you just unplug it, 
wait 30 seconds or so, plug it in, something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, it sounds like what you have. Huh? It sounds like what you have is very similar to my AT&T microcell, which works over the internet. And, you know, I've got my cable modem and my AT&T microcell plugged into a APC UPS. So if we do lose household power, at least for a couple hours, I'll have phone service. That's what I have. Right. But we wanted a backup. And what I was thinking about doing was I got a Verizon iPad 3 and I was thinking about doing some testing so that I could make an emergency phone call over Skype on my iPad 3, you know, with the Verizon wireless. And see if they could locate you. By the way, we'll get into more of that in a moment. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. This, folks, is a revelation. No more wall warts for charging your USB devices, including your iPads, iPhones, iPods, Android cell phones, USB chargeable cameras, and more. Power to you replaces the standard AC outlet and gives you two high-power USB ports and two AC outlets. To get one, go to MaxSales.com slash power to you. That's MaxSales.com, power number two, letter U. Check it out. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a For Patriots Only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster, natural or man-made. And you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a FEMA refugee camp. See the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months. Prepare now. Go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard. Easy to remember. 123survivalplan.com. Again, that's 123survivalplan.com. These are strange days indeed, from economic turmoil to weather-related events and, yes, even power outages. Hi, everybody. Jason Lewis here. Let me tell you why I use WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com provides the most affordable and complete ready-made meals for emergency preparedness and outdoor use. Their entrees like pasta Alfredo, savory stroganoff, and apple cinnamon cereal carry a 25-year shelf life and are prepared in minutes simply by adding water. They even provide great-tasting a la carte items like freeze-dried fruits, vegetables, 
vegetables and desserts to ensure that you have more nutrition and energy when you need it most. Visit wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample and see for yourself why they are the best in the business. For a limited time, enter the promo code LEWIS to get no-cost shipping on any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com or call 1-855-FOODWISE and be sure to mention the promo code LEWIS for a free sample and free shipping on any order. Be wise and be ready with wisefoodstorage.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. He's a cord cutter like so many people. John Martel Harrow of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Isle Live. And you said here you're going to test how an emergency call would work using this system and Skype? Well, my original plan was to use my iPad 3 plus Verizon wireless plus Skype to be able to make an emergency phone call, uh, assuming that, you know, my UPS uh, battery backup for the microcell went dead and we didn't have any communication. I always want to have a second source, okay? But when I found out about this uh, Verizon wireless home phone connect device, it's on batteries, 40 hours, which is longer than most cell phones survive on standby. It, it receives the uh, Verizon wireless signal, you know, right into our house. And uh, with a standard phone that doesn't require a battery, uh, you know, you just plug in, you get a dial tone, and you've got a backup system. You know, it's and- interesting here. Cox Communications, our local cable broadband provider. Here's what they did. They used to have a phone system where it would use the cable lines, but they had special hardware outside. And now what they've devised for the newer customers is a combo cable modem and telephone processing device with an internal backup battery. And now when you use their phone service, and it's not as cheap as using like phone power or another VoIP service, if you use their phone service, they now do it with this adapter module. So that also is kind of a VoIP system. It really is the way it is now. Not so originally, now it is. And that's where everyone's moving to. So in a sense, we're all cutting cords in different ways. You know, what's amazing is we've, you and I have talked about three different technologies uh, that were developed by competing companies that completely undermine and destroy the concept of a traditional landline. And you have to ask yourself, what was Quest thinking? And were they just oblivious? Why weren't they developing these technologies to, you know, make their own old system obsolete and provide customers with a new system? Kodak moment. <laughs> a Kodak <laughs> like, moment, yes. What they're doing now, CenturyLink, is 
they're selling broadband internet. And the way it works is ADSL. ADSL is asymmetric DSL, which means that your download speed is higher than your upload speed. And they're selling a system like that around the Phoenix area, except where I live, this complex, we were wired by Cox, we can't use it. They're selling a 40 megabit download service, which sounds fast, except Cox has 55 megabits. So I don't see the advantage. But since I can't have it anyway, who cares? What are you going to do? Let's move on to some other topics, other than cutting the cord, which everybody's doing in one way or another. Tim Cook, he's been the CEO of Apple since, what, October of last year. He's making his mark. Different kind of guy. I'm getting ready to write a, a story about this, but I'll give you a preview. Okay. When you look at the past and how we felt about the loss of Steve, everybody was worried that Apple would fail without Steve's vision. That larger long-term question remains to be answered because Tim Cook hasn't presided over the next generation technology. Sooner or later, we're going to have to have something come along that's not just incremental. Uh, He'll have to have, and, and his executive team will have to have some vision about where we go next. You can't live forever on phones and iPad tablets. And you have to know that these products you see now from Apple, like the iPhone 4S and the new iPad, they were developed and greenlit by Steve Jobs. That's right. So we, the verdict is not in yet on Tim Cook's ability to steer the company over the next decade You know, for the revolutionary new products like Steve did. But in the short term, what I'm seeing is a very steady hand, somebody who's very smart, somebody who's rectifying some of the things that Apple should have been doing, um, like the charitable giving program and dividends. Um, he has um, been a calm influence on the, on the company uh, and created a, a, a certain kind of uh, perhaps better atmosphere. You know, when Steve was a little bit erratic, a good example is uh, I've been in the room with, with both men. I've, I've chatted with Tim Cook. You can walk up to Tim Cook, say hi at a party or a meeting or something, chat about something. You strike up a conversation. He's a normal, good guy. You know, you walk up to Steve Jobs out of the blue. He doesn't know who you are. You're in an elevator or something, and you say, hey, Steve, well, I want to talk to you about something. And he says, who the heck are you? And why are you talking to me? And why are you so important to Apple? <laughs> and pretty soon the conversation goes downhill. I'll tell you what. I've confronted Steve Jobs as a journalist two or three times over the years. What he would do with me is he'd answer the question in a semi-polite fashion. And then as he completed his answer or the amount of time he wanted to spend answering anything, he'd rush to another room or another place as quickly as possible, realizing that if I were to follow him, I'd be incredibly rude. Well, yeah, that's nice. That's a good way to handle it. But uh, getting back to Tim Cook, um, I've got a list of things that I've been sort of keeping track of, you know, sort of a diary of Tim Cook, you know, the immediate move to charitable giving. During the shareholders' meeting, he didn't really fight the uh, majority vote rule. Uh, he could have, you know, been more energetic uh, in trying to undermine that. Uh, the Apple TV, the Apple TV 3 came out with not a lot of changes. Yeah, I kind of felt like if Steve were around, the Apple TV third generation would be dramatically different and would charge forward. And, and They're not ready uh, for it. They're not yeah, ready. All they and, did was yeah, an incremental update just to... That? 
bring and everything to 1080 Have you ever seen anything so calm and so thought out and so customer focused? You know, here's a product that's just a little bit better, but we're going to keep what's good about it. And then there's the mountain lion early disclosure and, and testing. There is the. Uh, yeah, but that's just a repeat of what Apple did with the original public beta of Mac uh, OS X. This is where they give the journalists a, a week heads up with a copy. Yeah, and he's continuing that. And then there was the fast response to the Chinese worker situation right. and the ABC authorization to come in and, uh, you know, the joining of the FLA. So, uh, you know, I'm getting the strong feeling that Tim is a smart, steady, even-handed guy. He stepped in for a customer a couple of days ago, called AT&T, and uh, went to bat for a, a customer. And um, he's taking a reasonable amount of pay. Uh, unlike Steve, who already was, you know, very wealthy and sort of flaunted his one dollar salary, uh, Tim and all Cook the stock is, options. Yeah. So, so, so Tim is taking a reasonable amount of money for uh, his annual salary, and then the rest is uh, stock options. So, I, I, I'm seeing a, a captain of the ship here, who is, is, is sort of like in the Navy. You know, you have this beloved captain. He's kind of a wild guy. He's crazy. He's beloved. He's a little erratic, uh, unpredictable at times, but you love him. And then this new captain of the ship comes along, and he seems to be kind of bureaucratic and administrative at first. And he doesn't seem to have that flash. But then after a while, you start to realize, oh, he's very confident. He's very capable. We can trust this guy. We don't have to worry about you know, doing one little tiny thing wrong and getting court-martialed. You know? But you know what? I understand he's the kind of person who, if... You do something that screws up the company, or you don't do something the way he wants. He'll make oh, his viewpoints yeah. known, but just in a very oh, yeah. quiet. He he can be very way. tough and very sure. stern. There's a great story I heard about Tim, where uh, he was in a meeting with some senior executives, and right. they mentioned that uh, things weren't going so well in China as they'd hoped. And after he made this statement, he turns his executive. I may have modified the story a little bit, and he says, "Where are you still sitting here?" <laughs> The guy doesn't even go home. He goes right to the airport and gets on an airplane for, for uh, China. So he can be gruff and he can be uh, cold in his But I think the sometimes. range of his moods are not as extreme as Steve Jobs. Yeah. And yeah. also, he's not unfamiliar with the company. He's been working there for, what, 15 years, 18 Absolutely. years? So Absolutely. he knows what's going on. He has probably been running the company, in fact, behind the scenes for a number of years because of Steve Jobs' illnesses. So he knows what to do and how to do it. And he was ready from day one. From day one, he knew exactly what he planned. You know, he had everything worked out. And he's executing in an interesting way. At the same point, mentioning as Apple is known for, I'm a product guy. I'm not just the guy with a spreadsheet who does all the supply chain stuff. Exactly. You're going to see great products. We have Much John Martellero, a great product from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. 
Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. What is the most abundant resource on Earth? Water. It's essential for sustaining life, but it's not always the most available. When disaster strikes, water quickly vanishes from store shelves, like it did during 9-11, Katrina, Japan, and in Joplin. Three days without water and your body begins to shut down. Don't risk being without an abundant supply of water when the next disaster hits. Get a FlowJack hand well pump. The affordable FlowJack drops right into almost any well and is easy to install without having to remove the existing pump, giving you immediate access to plenty of cool, clean water. You could risk your family's health on a limited supply of stored water, or you could be prepared with the reliable, affordable FlowJack backup hand pump kit for only $3.99 complete. See how it works at FlowJack.com, spelled F-L-O-J-A-K.com. Be sure to spell F-L-O-J-A-K.com or call 855-4-FLOJACK, 855-4-FLOJACK. That's 855-435-6525. Proudly made in America. FlowJack hand well pumps. Peace of mind in a box. If you're taking one, two, five or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with Bio Superfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered Bio Superfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The Bio Superfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity and is safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your Bio Superfood formulas at BioAge.com, spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com, BioAge.com, or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics. What if pain could be reduced, ailments could be alleviated, physical and mental stress could be eased, and blood circulation increased, all by simply lying down? Introducing the original Biomat. The Biomat is an FDA-registered medical device that combines deep, penetrating infrared space-age technology and revitalizing negative ions with the incredible healing power of amethyst crystals. A Biomat can boost your immune system, relieve pain and stiffness, reduce stress and fatigue, and assist in detoxifying your body. Join the thousands of people reporting relief from chronic pain, fibromyalgia, arthritis, sports injuries, insomnia, and much more. Each Biomat comes with a lifetime trade-in and three-year warranty. Learn more at Bio mats.com spelled B-I-O dash M-A-T-S dot com or call 360-944-8692 that's 360-944-8692 visit bio-mats.com today and enhance your life with a biomat you never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg.
John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live talking about the changes with Tim Cook, about basically easing some of the extremes of Steve Jobs, but still focusing in most respects the same way. I think you'll see, as you did with the comments about the hot and juicy iPad, that there will be a response from Apple PR pretty quick. It may not answer everything, but it'll answer what they feel needs to be answered. You won't wait a few days or a few weeks, nor will you get a flippant response from Steve Jobs. With AntennaGate, the flippant response from Steve Jobs, hold it differently, I think that caused more trouble than it was worth. And I think Apple has to realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that really uh, interested me was I sensed all along that, uh, you know, Tim, Tim Cook, having come from IBM, and as you said, with all his experience at Apple and having already been selected by Steve to take over the company and his, uh, during his surgeries and, and absences but before things got really bad, uh, was certainly the batter up and the candidate to take over the company. And it just amused me no end that these sites suggested that Scott Forrestal or Jonathan Ive become the CEO of Apple. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. This has been planned a long time ago. Maybe he was told the first time Steve Jobs took a stick leave. Okay, Tim, you're running the shop. You do a good job. You'll replace me. I'm sure he knew that for several years. It's no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, they're not going to tell the public that for competitive reasons. But right now, it looks like the beginnings of the era of Tim Cook, pretty good, pretty interesting. He's, He's off to a hand. great start. He's off to a great start. A steady hand, settle the ship, uh, you know, gain confidence, uh, uh, demonstrate attentiveness in product design and customer support. Don't do anything crazy. Uh, gain gain the support and the confidence of the of the troops, um, and uh, don't make any foolish mistakes. Don't be uh, don't don't try to do something foolish like make an ex extravagant move, trying to make a name for yourself, trying to outdo Steve at being Steve. Be yourself. Now, these are all really good decisions by Tim. And I noticed the presentation of the iPad three compared to the presentation of the iPhone four S. Much more self-assured, more personality coming through, more of his subtle sense of humor. So he's learning. I also think, though, looking at him and looking at some of the other presentations from Eddie Q, they have been rehearsed by professionals to do those speeches. It's not something they just got up there and did naturally, carefully, carefully rehearsed. Every hand movement was definitely controlled, very careful. Let's move on to one other subject before we let you go. The... Arcane world of IPv6. Ah, uh, one of my favorite subjects. We haven't even really mentioned that on the show very much. We don't have a lot of time, so it has to be IPv6 for dummies like me. What's it mean? Okay, so the, the Internet, as originally designed and conceived uh, several decades ago, uses 32-bit addresses. That means you can have two to the 32 different Internet addresses, which is about 4.3 billion. Amazingly, we're running out. Not all of them have been used, but for technical reasons, the ones that are left and available are quickly running out. And so something had to be done. And so years ago, the Internet Engineering Task Force and others started coming together to devise a next-generation Internet protocol addressing system. 
And this uses 128-bit addresses, which means that every grain of sand on every beach of the planet could have millions and millions of IP addresses each. So we're not going to run out of IP addresses anytime soon. And along the way, there have been some technical improvements in the operation of IPv6. So what the cable companies have been doing, the cable ISPs like Comcast, Time Warner, Cox, and AT&T, have been quietly behind the scenes working with Cisco to upgrade their network so that we could take advantage of this new internet protocol system. And it's what's called a dual stack system so that you can run on both. And what that means is, is that when it's activated, you know, your Macintosh will just automatically move over, start using these uh, longer addresses for the data, and you won't even see anything going on. You may need a new cable modem. You will probably need a new home router, and you'll probably need an upgrade to your cable modem now. In some cases... Now, a lot of the current routers do support the IPv6 uh, protocol. I know maybe the one I have here does. New- I have... Yeah. Good. The router from Cisco, the Linksys E4200 version 2. Yes, okay. it supports the new technology. Excellent. But for people who bought their home routers um, a year ago or more, uh, you'll have to do an upgrade. Uh, if you don't upgrade, and it's not mandatory, everything will continue to work as before. This is designed to be a, a seamless overlay so that you know your Blu-ray player in the house and your your DVR, they're all connected to the internet. If they're still stuck on IPv4, they're just going to cruise right through. The uh, Your router will see the IPv4 data, you know, just pass it on through to the internet. So what I've done is I've written sort of a layman's introduction to IPv6 to sort of lay out, you know, what's the deal with your computer? Mac OS X is already for it. What's the deal with your home router? What's the deal with your home equipment? What are some of these issues? And how is how Comcast and, and Time Warner handling it? Um, the net net is is that you probably won't see much, but you should be aware of it and and read articles just so you'll know, you know what's going on when you get a call from Comcast and they say, look, you're going to need a new cable modem, or you're going to be off the air for a little bit while we upgrade it, uh, or they send you a letter about you know how your home system. You won't have to you know worry about throwing away your your DVR and your Blu-ray player and your in your Apple Airport Extreme and so on. So you just need to be kind of tuned in to some of the ins and outs. And watch out for people who will claim you do need new stuff, trying to sell you something. Uh, well, yeah, I think uh, if you want to take advantage of it and you want to be able to you know, move forward, um, that's good. Um, I, I think the, the cable modem companies, the ISPs, and, and the technical community is doing this very smart. They're kind of overlaying it on top and getting the kinks worked out of it. They're not putting any time limits right now on the customers. We're not, they're not trying to strong arm you. We'll ease into it as we buy new equipment. We'll kind of automatically use the IPv6 system. And then what happens is, is the IPv4 devices that you have will slowly, you know, become obsolete. They'll get replaced. And eventually, the network traffic of IPv4 will die off. Addresses will even free up, and and you know we'll do the this trans this transition is going to happen over the next decade, really. And there's an IPv6 World Launch Day on June 6th, 
where the uh, cable ISPs are, are, are going to you know, let everybody know about it and commit to getting uh, 1% of their customers moved over. I also have to see how we'll handle our websites and transitions since we have a dedicated server and the various providers that we work with do support now IPv6, so we'll have to see how the transition works without, of course, making it difficult for you to access our sites. But we don't see any real problem with that. It's just a natural growth of technology. Exactly. At least they're not rushing headlong into it. I know, no, as I said, some people will try to be greedy over it. And they'll say, <laughs> you got to do this, you got to do that. No. No. Don't do anything, no. just relax. When it's necessary, the providers you deal with will tell you, your airport extreme, your Linksys, your Netgear is not going to stop working tomorrow. Your iPhone will still have a Wi-Fi connection. You'll still be able to use your iPad, hot or not. You know, even if it's hot and juicy, your iPad will still work with Wi-Fi. And if you have that particular version, it will also still work on a LTE or 3G network. It's not going to end. Been- the world's not going to end. It's not going to be like uh, Y2K, where that was know. a big hype. Apple's been planning this for years. In fact, IPv6 uh, showed up in Mac OS X uh, at version Jaguar, which was, what, 10.2? So it's been in there for a long time. And the Comcast did a lot of testing with uh, OS X, and everything's been working really nice with the Apple Report Extreme and the dual stack ability of you know your modern Macintosh. It's going to be very transparent. Don't worry about it. IPv6. John Martellaro, tell our listeners where they find more of your stuff. I'm Senior Editor for Reviews and Analysis at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. And coming up next, we'll have another person who also writes for Mac Observer from time to time. That's Ted Landau, who also works with Macworld, was the founder of Mac Fix It and all that stuff. But right now, we're on the Tech Night Owl Live with John Martellaro. John Martellaro, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure. See you next time. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Ted Landau, who, of course, was the original founder of MacFixit.com, has written books on the Mac, written many articles for the Mac Observer, 
and of course for Macworld Magazine. We're going to focus on this session on a few topics, but the first, of course, is the hot and juicy iPad that we've been talking about. You have an iPad 3. Was it hot and juicy? Well, first, let me just say hi. Good to be back, Gene. That's okay. Uh, hi. Good to have you back. Yeah. And on the subject of the iPad 3 and heat, I didn't even notice a difference at first until I started reading articles about it. And then I started paying a little more attention. And yeah, if I put my hand on the back of the iPad, it did uh, seem warmer than the iPad 2. And I still have an iPad 2, and I could detect a difference. But it wasn't enough of a difference that I would have bothered to complain about it. And, and all the statistics from consumer reports and other places that say it, it's is warmer, but still within the parameters of what's acceptable seem about right to me, and I, I think this isn't all that big a deal to be worried about. I'll tell you why, of course, with Consumer Reports, I have quibbles about the way they do their testing. Here, what apparently they did is they stuck a metal case on it. They plugged it into a wall socket, which, of course, increases the operating temperature because it's operating and charging at the same time. And then they run a high-energy game, I expect they also have the brightness on maximum, which is the way a lot of these testers are doing it when they do the temperature. Mm -hmm. And when you combine all that, gee whiz, it runs a little warm. Oh, well. But most people, number one, when they're playing games, they're not going to have it tethered to an outlet. They're not going to have the brightness turned to the max. Well, even, even when you look on the web, I mean, I saw a lot of articles that were discussing this issue. Is the new iPad, it's not technically called the iPad 3, is the new iPad hotter than the iPad 2, and how do we measure this, and how do we look at this? But I haven't seen a lot of people posting complaints that say the iPad, the new iPad is so much hotter that I can't use it, or, you know, I can... You know, fry eggs on the back of it when when the power uh, is out on my stove or whatever. I, you could do that uh, with an old uh, MacBook Pro, right? I don't see a lot of people complaining about it. It just it seems like the press uh, made more of an issue of it than the, than, the, than the people who actually use iPads. It's usually the reverse, where you see a lot of people complaining about something, and then the press starts reporting that there are thousands of people complaining about this. But maybe I missed it, but I didn't see that in this case. I didn't either, but I do see, of course, that Consumer Reports struck me as trolling. For an argument. They were looking to something to hang their hat on. We're going to have this test to prove whether or not the yeah, iPad, I, the new iPad runs too hot. We're going to find out. We're going to tell you the truth. In fact, they had one person who was already saying it was running hot even before they did the actual testing. Yeah, I had that same impression. It, it made me a little bit annoyed, irritated, whatever, with, with Consumer Reports. I, I had the feeling I can imagine somebody at Consumer Reports say, saying, you know, we got some of the highest traffic we ever had on the, on, the, on the History of Consumer Reports website when we started running all this stuff about the iPhone 4 antenna, the whole antenna gate business. And here's another chance for us to drag in some traffic by saying we're going to look at this issue on the iPad. You know, With the, a little trash, get that's right. traffic yeah. by trash. Yeah, so, so I, I think that has to have been going on. Otherwise, why would they get on it so fast and report, and report it so prominently? I mean, I don't see them doing that in general for other things. I suppose suppose you could say Apple is the biggest company in the world now, so, so it makes sense to give them some priority, but I think it's what you're saying. Apple is a target. We expect that. We only hope that magazines like Consumer Reports mm -hmm. would try to treat the subjects honestly. As I said, they're trolling for hits. They're trolling for a fight. They were hoping to catch him. Yeah. Ah, we proved that the iPad 3 or the new iPad isn't safe. Well, they couldn't do it. No, well, at least they were honest enough to admit that. I, I will tell you that the, the the biggest issue that I've had with with my new iPad, and I'm I'm going to the Apple Store today to discuss it, is this this um, yellow 
tint to the to the display. The, the, and and uh, there seems to be uh, I was categorizing me. I said there seem to be at least four theories as to what's going on. Basically, basically what it is when I turned on the new I- iPad, it just seemed that whites weren't white. Where where on my iPad two, there would be this bright crisp white. It was on the iPad three. It was almost like a faded yellow white. And, and then I did a side by side comparison, and I could easily see it. And, and when I went on the web to see whether others were seeing this and whether there was a problem or not. Uh, I certainly saw reports of others seeing it, and there were at least four explanations for what was going on. One explanation, which still may be at least partly true, is that it has to do with the curing of the glue that's used to glue the screen to the to the iPad, and that if the iPad ships very soon after the glue has been applied, it can take a week or two or even three weeks, according to some people, before the glue sufficiently cures that, that this tinting goes away. Now, I've heard that with other products that use similar type screens, right. LCD screens. Even the older iPads or right. iPhones, I heard about yellowing screens that over time they would tend to solve the problem. They uh, even had that with the first generation of the new quad-core iMac design, the 2009, late 2009 iMacs. There were complaints about yellowing screens and all this stuff. In that case, they did some firmware updates, but mostly I think it was just the aging of the screen of the display. Well, that's certainly a possibility. And uh, I, I mean, I waited a week before I decided to do anything about it, and mine is still just about as yellow as it was originally, so I, I don't know how long I'm supposed to wait before it clears up, but it hasn't cleared up in the week. There's another theory that says that's a batch of defective screens that not all iPad show it, and and mine might be, um, you know, there's some degree of gradation, and mine might be among the worst, and maybe I need to get the iPad replaced. There's a third theory that says it's all deliberate, and Apple set, set the white balance uh, on the screens differently because they thought that, that this newer uh, setting would be more pleasing for people, especially with the Retina display. And then there's, I guess, just a theory that it's your imagination. <laughs> that isn't really that much yellower. And I think a lot depends upon, I think there must be differences between different iPads and and what what you think is really going on to some extent depends upon what iPads you're looking at so the day it was built who supplied the screen because apparently Apple has sourced them from Samsung and now in increasing numbers according to published reports from Sharp and from LG and you have to expect there're going to be variations from unit to unit etc you'll let us know what happens okay an article you had up at the Mac Observer about the Mac Press. Yeah. Now, what kind of slant are you creating in this discussion? You know, I can't remember what exactly led me to write this article. It was it was an article that I had sort of on a back burner for several weeks or even a couple of months. And what happened a couple of months ago that got me started on it, I don't even recall. But basically, uh, it was it was an, it was a subject that I started thinking about a couple of months ago and to be honest with you I don't even remember exactly what it was that that led me down this road but uh, I wound up getting around to the article now and here it was and the general subject of the article is are Apple news media biased and the answer that I went for is yes but but not in a way that is meant to be critical. It's not like, gee, they, they print things that aren't true, or gee, all the Apple media are fanboys, or or they're all on the payroll of Apple, or, or anything negative. It was sim- To me, it was simply a question of an Apple media site almost by definition has to be biased in, in the sense that they will tend to publish things that are more 
positively skewed in favor of Apple products, in favor of Apple of the company, uh, and that's okay. For uh, it happens for for. I mean, several key reasons. I mean, the, the, the main reason is that, that uh, any publication, website, whatever, needs an audience. If you don't have anybody visiting you or picking you up or subscribing to you or whatever, then, then you're just talking to yourself and there isn't much point in doing it. Which uh, some people say I do anyway, even when I do have a show and an audience. Well, there you go. Uh, and, and in order to be successful, in, in, if you're going to define yourself as Apple Media, if you're going to have – Apple or Mac or iPhone or iOS or whatever in the name of your website and, and define your website as just talking about that topic, then you're going to attract people who are interested in that topic. And by and large, people who are interested in that topic have a favorable attitude. Uh, most of the, you know, if, if you, if someone says, yeah, I'm really interested, I read all the Apple websites, I read the Mac Observer, I read Macworld, I read whatever, I go to the Daring Fireball. Uh, someone who says that and says they follow all those things every day, chances are they own Apple products. They like Apple products or they wouldn't do that. Right, uh, and they expect that in large part the site or the magazine is run by people who are generally favorably disposed towards Apple. Here's my favorite reminder. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us. News at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, that's news at TechNightOwl.com. And check out our forums, forum.com. TechNightOwl.com. More coming with Ted Landau. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash TNO. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw-free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. 
Folks, Iran and the Mideast nuclear mess is already ballooning our gas prices. Whether you're struggling with food costs, which are being blown up by gas costs now, or know that when the Mideast showdown explodes, whatever food supply you have is all you'll get because of huge panic demand. eFood's direct family packs are the answer. Now the most affordable best food is saving you up to 50% compared to other poor quality food companies. The new Alex Jones Quick Fix Family Pack save you so much money, the savings from eating this food will actually help you pay your other bills. No matter what effect the Mideast crisis or the crashing economy have, you'll have food as delicious tonight as 25 years from now. Order now for 50% savings and free shipping on these affordable family packs. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Did you know that thousands of industrial toxins, including aluminum, heavy metals like mercury and lead, and even nuclear radiation, have contaminated the air, food, and water supply and are lodged inside your body? These contaminants are poisoning your body from the inside out. No, the government doesn't care, nor will they save you. Do nothing, and these accumulated toxins may slowly lead to degenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, heart disease, or cancer. Take charge of your health before it's too late. Liquid Zeolite is the best natural all-around remedy to safely and effectively remove all kinds of toxins from your body. Use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com for fatigue, headaches, heavy metal poisoning, memory loss, and joint pain. Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee and is available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800-880-9976. That's 800-880-9976. 100% safe and amazing. Try Liquid Zeolite today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. The Ted Landau, we're talking about... The Mac Press, is it too heavily biased towards Apple? Well, what do you expect? That's what they're covering. They have to have a little bit of a bias in there. At the same point, though, it doesn't stop them, just like it doesn't stop like Car and Driver magazine, for example, from criticizing the company where it's necessary. Absolutely, and especially with reviews. There's, at least for reputable sites, there's no problem with giving a product a bad review uh, or occasionally being critical. The point of what I was saying was simply that on balance, you're going to expect to see a positive bias in what stories are selected to be posted, how the news is, is characterized. Good, good news about Apple will be generally applauded. And articles that, that are about something that's good that's happened to Apple will tend to be favored and will be looked on fa- favorably. Uh, articles that aren't so good about Apple may not be reported, or maybe they'll be reported in a way that says, you know, yes, but, but there's still some good news to be had. And I think that's, that's what people expect when they come to an Apple, Apple media site, and there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Obviously, you expect that nobody's going to have a site devoted to Apple, a publication devoted to Apple, or a radio show devoted to Apple if you don't have some kind of favorable feeling towards the company. But you shouldn't be too warm and fuzzy. If you're too warm and fuzzy, I think you bore the listeners and the readers, 
And you also do a disservice to them because you really should be trying to present accurate information. Yes, and you certainly don't want to seem like you're in the pocket of Apple. You don't want people to start saying to you that, that your site is just like a, a PR arm of, of, of Apple's PR department. Like my headline this weekend on TechNightOwl.com, iPhone and iTunes, the flakiness continues. Yeah, there you go. I'm getting some weird stuff going on. Mm. Weird stuff with iCloud, Apple IDs, iTunes Match. I spent a couple of weeks just downloading a full album from the Mastered for iTunes collection where mm-hmm. I got a Pink Floyd album. This is the best of Pink Floyd remastered. It sounds wonderful, but it's 17 songs in the collection. One song kept coming down as corrupted. I went mm-hmm. back and forth with the iPhone, with the Mac, with Apple. took two or three weeks before I got a good copy. Was this before t- uh, 10.6 iTunes came out? or Yes, before and after. Okay, because supposedly 10.6 fixed some iTunes match problems. Well, the iTunes match problem I do have is that some songs, even though Apple has the album in the iTunes library, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting it from an unofficial source, I am simply ripping a CD, mm-hmm. a legitimate CD I bought in a legitimate store, mm-hmm. they do not match certain songs. Yes, well, It's never all of them. It's always like one or two songs on an album. Absolutely. That's a common problem that people have had since day one. I've had that problem myself. And I haven't looked to match new things recently to check out how 10.6 may or may not improve the situation. But according to... It doesn't to me. No. And when you contact Apple and you say, hey, wait a minute, look at the problem we have here, they will then repeat the frequently asked questions for iTunes Match. What happens? They will never admit that there's a problem. That for some reason, the database is screwed up, whatever. Some songs, even though they are in the library, an Apple won't match. Yeah, that's not uncommon for Apple. Apple tends to operate on the principle that there isn't a problem until we're ready to formally admit that there is. And- I kind of hope that maybe with Tim Cook, they're a little bit more lenient about mm-hmm. that. Notice that when Consumer Reports wanted to test the new iPad for the heat thing, Apple already had a statement released to All Things Digital, which is owned by the Wall Street Journal, saying after doing like a three-paragraph spiel about how great the product is, it operates within our thermal requirements. In other words, it doesn't get too hot. Right. <laughs> I have to say another word. Operate within our thermal requirements. It's, uh, it means if it doesn't flake your skin off. If your skin doesn't crackle, if it doesn't have second-degree burns, it works fine. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like PR <laughs> speak to me. <laughs> of course it is. Do you find abuses, though, in the Mac press? Sometimes they're giving Apple a little too much credit or unfairly negative because they want to look fair. Sure. I mean, if you look if you look far and wide, you'll find that absolutely. Uh, again, the the among the more mainstream and reputable websites and publications, I'd say not much. No, but you don't have to look too far away to start finding examples of that. I know that when we post an article at technightowl.com or we discuss something here that might be a bit controversial, you get some pretty wacky viewpoints. Mm-hmm. As you know, no doubt your email contains not just praises and criticisms, legitimate criticisms, but the wackiness. Well, you're always in danger 
when you go to the to the negative uh, on on Apple sites that if you say something that's harshly and the more harsh the more likely you're going you're going to get the sort of reaction uh something that's harshly critical of of Apple there are going to be people who will take exception sometimes quite strongly and some of those people you get the impression fit the definition of people who will never tolerate anything negative uh, if Apple does it it must be good because if it wasn't good apple wouldn't be doing it uh that seems to be the logic that some people use and there's not much you can do with that sort of person but uh that's the, that's the chance you take when you start publishing critical things well and if you don't treat it honestly then maybe you shouldn't be in business but then mm-hmm. it takes all kinds and we'll let them mm-hmm. do it mm-hmm. speaking of the press interesting how press coverage began with regard to 10.8 mountain lion and this it harkens back to the Mac OS X public beta, where about a week or two before it came out, some members of the press got advanced copies, mm-hmm. even computers. That time was, by the way, the Power Mac G4 Cube. Mm-hmm. That's one Apple offered to me. I didn't take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't take it. I said, I'll install it on my old computer. You know, I have a pretty <laughs> fast Mac. Can I just do that? And they said, sure, go ahead. But this time they gave a MacBook Airs. Mm-hmm. About a week before, and some people were saying this is a brand new thing, which of course it isn't, mm-hmm. except that we didn't expect that to happen. You know, we didn't expect out of the blue that the press has stories about Mountain Lion. They've already been running the pre release. Well, it's certainly unusual. I, 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 my institutional memory isn't good enough, to, as, as yours apparently, to say that it never happened before, but certainly over the past several years, uh, it is unusual for them to do that. Uh, it, it's unusual to have a let's put it this way to have a, pr- a series of press meetings the way they did where they call, where they had where they went to New York apparently and holed up in a hotel and had people come and show them the stuff and, and that turned out to be the way that the product was announced there wasn't a media event announcing it it was like suddenly it's revealed that a week ago all these people were were given private meetings uh, to show this stuff and now they could talk about it i think the difference also is the fact that apple doesn't want to dilute the media event Mm -hmm. if they have too many media events who's going to attend yeah. Well, so in this case, they drag people in New York. I think some people went to California. I'm not sure. Mm. Yes, I think there was okay. both coasts. We'll get into more of how Apple treated the initial rollout of Mountain Lion, the successor to Lion, the next OS X version, and lots more. We have Ted Landau. He has a user-friendly view over at MacObserver.com, writes for Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, attack of the Rockoids is available now. 
Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. Your family and loved ones aren't ready for empty grocery store shelves. Will they survive if the system crashed tomorrow? Are you prepared to feed your family when a major crisis occurs? Will they perish from the lack of available food because you procrastinated? Getting self-reliant is the only way to ensure you and your loved ones will make it through the coming hardships. One of the most important survival products that is a must-have is garden food seeds. GetSeeds.net is offering a huge garden in a bag that will give you and your family the food security that it deserves. Our food garden in a bag consists of a whopping 100 packets of the highest quality non-GMO, heirloom vegetable, culinary herbs, and a couple of garden variety of fruit seeds for only $59. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 100 packets of seeds for only $59. This blowout sale will end soon, so call now to secure your huge garden in the bag that is heat sealed for long-term storage at GetSeeds.net. That's GetSeeds.net or call now at 877-341-GROW. That's 877-341-4769. Don't delay. Call today. Do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a For Patriots Only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster, natural or man-made. And you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a FEMA refugee camp. See the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months. Prepared now. Go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard. Easy to remember. 123survivalplan.com. Again, that's 123survivalplan.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. We have Ted Landau joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about OS X Mountain Lion, how Apple introduced it. And as I said before we took the break, my suggestion here was that Apple had these planned press briefings because they didn't want to squander their political capital on another media event just 
three weeks ahead of the announcement for the new iPad. And something like two weeks after they had had that media event for the education and the iBooks author application. So that's exactly what I think was going on. They were ready to release a beta of, of Mountain Lion to developers. And once they did that, of course, there would be public knowledge uh, that that had happened and what, what was in it. And so they needed to have some announcement. Uh, they didn't want to just let it dribble out by the developers saying that they got it. And uh, and they were, weren't were in a position where they wanted to have another big media event just to announce a, a developer release of, of a new version of OS X. And, and the other issue here, of course, is that they wanted control of the message. The only way to have full control of the message mm. is to stage the press briefings. Mm. And this way, basically, it means the media can mm. talk about all the features. There's a presentation mm. on Apple's website. And mm. that frees developers, in a sense, too, because developers, even though they are under non-disclosure, anything that Apple has disclosed, they're free to talk about. Mm. It's just a lot of arcane stuff that developers may care about, but nobody else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, okay, so you have your copy of Mountain Lion. Mm-hmm, yes, running and, on my MacBook Air. Okay, so Apple gave you a MacBook Air. Oh, they did not. I had a MacBook Air, and I have now installed Mountain Lion because uh, I am a, a, a Mac developer. I'm worth really that ninety-nine dollars a year. Okay, so yeah, we can talk I pay about ninety-nine dollars a year to call myself a Mac developer. That's right. So we understand that. At least it's right off on your tax return. It's for business purposes. I know that. You're not just playing around with the operating system for the heck of it. Okay. I think the big criticism of Lion is that the iOS integration was clumsy. You know, launch pad, stuff like that. Kind of clumsy, but you wrote that Mountain Lion is the iOS infusion into the Mac OS done right. Explain. Uh, Exactly what you were saying. I thought that a lot of the attempts to move over, import, whatever features from iOS to Mac in Lion were not either handled especially well or were not particularly useful. And Launchpad being perhaps the the best example of that. I don't know how many people actually use Launchpad on a regular basis. I know I never use it. And if it disappeared from my Mac tomorrow, I wouldn't uh, miss it one bit. Uh, uh, And so in that sense, I think the attempt to provide a home screen-like environment for the Mac has been a relative failure. When it came to Mountain Lion, however, they seemed to sort of right the ship a lot better and start importing iOS features into OS X in a way that made much more sense. And and probably the two biggest examples that we could just cite off the bat, one is Notes. There is now a Notes application in OS X Mountain Lion that duplicates the look and feel of the Notes application on your iPhone or iPad. If Especially if you sync via iCloud, it all works seamlessly. Now, anytime you write a note on either platform, on, on your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, whatever, it instantly, maybe not quite instantly, but, but it, it very soon through iCloud will sync with all your other devices, and that same note will be on all your other devices. And what makes it especially good is when you contrast it to how things worked before, when there wasn't a Notes application, how did thing, how did Notes get on your Mac? Well, they got on your Mac by launching Mail and going to this Notes section of Mail to get your notes, which was 
awkward and not immediately obvious. You almost needed a, a manual to discover that that's where it was. It isn't where you would immediately think to look for, for, for notes. And it was, could be especially irritating if someone didn't want to use mail in general. If, if they had Microsoft Office installed, for instance, and used Outlook for their mail, or they were content to use a web browser to, for, for their mail, then they might never even want to launch mail. And the, and the only reason to, to even, even use it would be to get to the notes application. Well, this improves on, on the awkwardness of the interface and is pretty good. A, 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 a similar phenomenon would be with, remi- with re- reminders, so to-do items, essentially. Uh, in, in, prior to Mountain Lion, there, the reminders or to-do items would be part of iCal. If you go to the iPhone, however, the calendar application on your iPhone doesn't have to-dos. If you want to find to-dos on your iPhone, in fact, there was no way to do it a, a while back. Uh, I think it was just with iOS 5 that they introduced the Reminders app at all, and that then gave a, an, an Apple-supplied home for your Reminders, which there wasn't one before. But then it was still different. It was Reminders app on your iPhone and iCal on your Mac. Well, now there's a Reminders app on your Mac as well. It has a same sort of interface and everything matches the general guiding principle of these and, and other changes that we could go into if you wanted to sure uh, the general guiding principle is that let's have a consistent look and feel across the platforms so if you learn how something works on one platform you already have a leg up for how it works on the other platforms and i think that makes good sense it's kind of like what apple did with the keyboards you know they gave the keyboard feel of the aluminum keyboards on the mac similar touch to the notebooks so you move back and forth, and the period of adapting from one to the other is less. You're more productive. You're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, everyone who has gone through this, you're using your Mac, your PC, and you're typing away. And then you go to your notebook, and suddenly it's jarring. For a few minutes, the keyboard feel is different. You know, you got to use a trackpad instead of a mouse. And of course, Apple has a magic trackpad mm-hmm. now for desktop Macs. So they try to make the movement, the transfer, more efficient smoother so you feel more comfortable about Mm -hmm. buying a Mac instead of a PC because this way everything works the same. So now we have the iOS. We have another breed of cat, which is called the iPad or the iPhone or even the iPod Touch. And now Apple wants to make it so that you could move from one to the other and have kind of the basic system stuff be very similar. Not the same because there are different kinds of products. Microsoft wants to integrate the desktop and mobile operating systems in its own way, but they can't see that distinction that some things don't work on a regular computer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also you know, what you're saying is not the advantage isn't just to the end user that's going between Macs and, and iOS devices and now finding it more consistent. I think it also makes good business sense for Apple in attracting new customers because, uh, let's be clear, there are many more people that own iPhones and iPads than own Macs. And, and it's the same thing. It makes you more comfortable. So you want to go to a Mac while well, you're already doing a lot of the stuff on your iPad. So you go that, to a Mac, it's no big deal, it's simple. That's right. If you're thinking of buying a new computer and you use a Windows computer right now and you're saying, you know, should I consider a Mac? And you look at a Mac and you, say, and you have an iPhone you know, and you've been syncing to your Windows PC and you look at a Mac and you say, hey, wow, this works just like my iPhone. I love my iPhone. Maybe this is a, this is a, this is a time to switch to a Mac. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot. Apple also says that 50% of the people who buy new Macs in an Apple store are new to the platform. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess they'd like to make that 75%. And this does it. I mean, you have to consider here how many millions of iPads are being sold this quarter alone. We don't know yet what that figure is. Some are saying because of the hot-selling new iPad, it's going to be 12 million or more. You know, Apple is selling more iPads in a quarter as of the last quarter of last year than any single PC maker sells PCs. Absolutely. I don't I haven't seen statistics on this, but you know, Windows still dominates the computer world when you start adding up how many PCs out there are running uh Windows versus running Macs. But I suspect that the gap is getting a lot smaller when you eliminate business and corporations. When you take out all of the computers that are on corporate office desks and, and workplaces, when you take out all the people that are using a computer almost entirely for work, like accountants and things like that, and when you pretty much limit it to people who buy it for their personal use, they're either, either it's a home use or, or it's a student who's getting it because they're going off to college and they need a computer or whatever, when you just look at that sort of what I loosely call the consumer market, my guess is that the at least Anecdotally, that's why I'd like to see some data. When the, my guess is that the percentage of, of that market that has now Mac is much larger than it used to be. It's hard to go into a coffee shop, for instance, and see see without seeing mostly Macs on on the on the tables. Well, I know in cases of certain actual independent products, individual products, Apple sells as many or more for an individual model than any PC maker. We have Ted Landau joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com These are strange days indeed, from economic turmoil to weather-related events, and yes, even power outages. Hi everybody, Jason Lewis here. Let me tell you why I use WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com provides the most affordable and complete ready-made meals for emergency preparedness and outdoor use. Their entrees like pasta Alfredo, savory stroganoff, and apple cinnamon cereal carry a 25-year shelf life and are prepared in minutes simply by adding water. They even provide great-tasting a la carte items like freeze-dried fruits, vegetables, and desserts to ensure that you have more nutrition and energy when you need it most. Visit wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample and see for yourself why they are the best in the business. For a limited time, enter the promo code LEWIS to get no-cost shipping on any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com or call 1-855-FOODWISE and be sure to mention the promo code LEWIS for a free sample and free shipping on any order. Be wise and be ready with wisefoodstorage.com. 
Did you know that gold and silver contain healing properties? It's true. Since the beginning of mankind's history, gold and silver have not only been used as real money, but also for healing our minds and bodies. UtopiaSilver.com is your leading source for colloidal silver and colloidal gold, offering supplement protocols that can heal and enhance your health. Protocols for boosting the immune system, insomnia, yeast infections, herpes, and countering the effects of vaccinations and radiation poisoning. And now UtopiaSilver.com encourages the use of real money with this buy one, get one free real money special. For details on your colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements, call 888-213-4338 and ask about 50% off for first-time customers. That's 888-213-4338 or visit UtopiaSilver.com, UtopiaSilver.com, fighting for liberty and healing one American at a time. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes, revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We're on the final segment with Ted Landau. He writes for Macworld, for the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. And we're talking about the fact that Macs are just gaining more traction in the consumer markets. How nowadays, what's the number one best-selling all-in-one personal computer? It's the iMac. The MacBook Air beats any ultra-portable or whatever, thin and light, on the Windows platform. Even though Apple still has a fraction of overall PC sales, individual models outsell any PC model, partially because of the fact that most PC makers have four zillion models, and they can't figure out what they are. I mean, look at Dell, look at HP, and try to figure the distinction amongst all 4,000 models And they can't tell you. Yeah, I've never understood that approach. I like Apple's approach much better. In the smartphone space, I understand HTC is trying to simplify the model line. I mean, it's got to be insulting to a customer who buys a new Android smartphone knowing there's going to be a badder version or a bigger version next week. Because each company comes out with a new droid every hour, every day, whereas Apple introduces an iPhone once a year and the last revision was 15, 16 months. Oh, the last revision of the iPhone? Well, yeah, well, remember it was by 15, 16 months after the previous version. Was the iPhone 4 in June of 2010 oh, yeah. and, then the 4, and the iPhone 4S, 4S in October of 2011. Right, right. I thought you meant it's been 15 months since the 4S. No, no, no. <laughs> hasn't no. been that. I don't yeah. know. I assume it's going to be a year. Yeah, and not only that with, with Android, but you have the issue that 
that different Android phones come with different pre-installed software depending upon which carrier you're getting it from and that different, uh, different models, uh, not, not necessarily based on age, but different models that have come out within months of each other uh, will qualify for different levels of upgrades. And so you can buy, two people can buy uh, an Android phone a couple of months apart and be running, have different pre-installed software, be running a different very different version of the of the operating system and and not be able to to update uh, to to whatever the newer one is and so on and so yeah it uh it makes it difficult i think for people to commit to to an to an android as a platform i think a lot of people that get android phones don't commit to android as a platform they just say oh here's a nice phone or here's the one that the carrier is pushing and they don't even necessarily buy it because it's quote unquote an android phone they don't uh, think in terms of that distinction right they, they don't look it. at operating systems operating right. systems aren't really important to them all they care about is whether or not the thing works and they got a good deal oh we'll give you this great deal for a two year contract the phone is 49 dollars Okay, and it does email, and does web browsing, and play games on it. Okay, I'll buy it. They don't think iPhone. I don't think that stuff because that's stuff that is not on their radar. Yeah, I bet you a lot of people who are using Android phones, if you ask them if they had an Android phone, wouldn't even know the answer to that question. I, I might be wrong about that, but uh, but I I, w- I I would guess that's the case. They would say, "Oh, I have a Samsung or an HTC, or whatever," and they don't think of it as a, an Android phone because there isn't this unified. Android platform. No, and each company puts its own revisions. And we look at Mm. a situation here, for example, this highly touted Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. Last I heard, what, 1.6%? of the user base had this update. This is the big operating system upgrade, Mm -hmm. but you can't get it. Mm -hmm. It's up to the carrier to deliver it to you. It's up to Mm. the manufacturer to certify it with their changes. And why would they do that? They already have you as a customer. You see, when you buy an iPhone, you are not necessarily AT&T's customer, although you use their service. You are Apple's customer. And when you have problems with your Apple product, AT&T says push option number one to call Apple. Yep. And I think that's a tremendous difference, which again is one that I heartily approve of it, it back before apple what you're describing is exactly the case it would almost it would almost be like the operating system developer would just say here's here's the operating system to at&t or verizon and do what you want with it and and at&t or verizon or whatever the carrier was would be 100 percent responsible for maintaining it when it could be upgraded how it could be upgraded if it could be upgraded they could disable features if they wanted to uh do whatever they wanted uh, Apple said, no, that's not the game we're going to play. And the carriers haven't always been happy with it, just, I guess, just like the music companies haven't always been happy with the iTunes store. But they're playing along because they make money anyway. Even Dan Hesse at Sprint, even though it was reported that Sprint is maybe losing money on iPhone sales, they said mm-hmm. we're making more money from iPhone customers than customers of other smartphones. So suddenly... What may be initially a bit of a loss for the price they're paying for the iPhone mm-hmm. against what they pay, what they charge customers for it. Well, on the long haul, they figure, number one, they'll keep the customer. Number two, that customer will be more lucrative to them. And because it's more lucrative to them, well, hey, that's good. How can mm-hmm. you lose? Mm-hmm. But moving towards that, and I'm getting back, of course, to the operating system and the upgrades and why... Apple is coming up with Mountain Lion 
in such a way. Now, I know it's interesting here, curious, and this can be a very crazy bit of speculation. Curious about it. Apple announces that Mountain Lion will be here by late summer at the latest. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. But you wonder here, Apple didn't specify a price. I mean, they told us that Lion would be twenty nine ninety nine a couple of three months before it came out. Mm-hmm. There's speculation now that Apple might use the iOS model for Mountain Lion, which is, why are we charging it all? We're just rolling in cash here. We now have to give part of it back in dividends and some stock mm-hmm. buybacks. We don't make that much money on a twenty nine ninety nine operating system. Give it away. How's Microsoft going to compete with that? Microsoft can't compete with twenty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Well, Microsoft can't compete, of course, because they're not selling the hardware. That's the that's the advantage and sometimes disadvantage that Apple has that they're the whole widget. That, that, right, that, and so it doesn't matter. And, and if, you know, there was a time. Let's be clear, there was a time when Apple didn't charge for the operating system. The back in I, I don't remember what version they actually started charging, but for the longest time, you bought a Mac. It came with an operating system, and updates to it were free. It was, it was I think, just. Maybe a few years before OS X came out, that they actually started charging for, for, for the updates. early nineties. The early nineties, yeah. they started yeah. charging ninety nine dollars for it before mm-hmm. they went to one hundred twenty nine mm-hmm. for Mac OS X. But if you go back, then what you would be able to do is then we were using floppy disks. You go to mm-hmm. your dealer, mm-hmm. and he'd make a floppy disk copy, or your right. friend or a Mac user group say, "Okay, here's mm-hmm. Mac OS seven point oh point one." Or you downloaded from Apple, the early days of downloading files, but then we were paying for Internet access by the hour. So it would get to be expensive to download something at, you know, 1,200 baud modem. Get to take hours, and you'd have to pay a lot. So you'd go to the dealer. You'd go to the Mac user group. You'd go to your friend. He'd say, here's a copy. No problem. Then Apple, in the early 90s, said, we're going to charge $99. And Mac users complain you've basically violated our trust with you. We expected <laughs> yes. to get free operating systems until the end of time. Well, of course, anytime you have something for free and start charging for it, people are going to complain. That's not a surprise. I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not privy to why Apple made that decision, but I assume it was simply monetary. That The, the initial logic was we're selling hardware. And nobody can use Mac, Mac OS operating system unless they've already bought a Mac. And so let's give it to them for free because basically what we're selling is the hardware. I think at some point they looked around and said, you know, that's sort of true, but we can make money selling the software. You know, if we start charging X number of dollars for the software, even though we're making money from the hardware, we can make money from the software too. We're leaving money on the table by not charging for the software. Uh, and and I think that worked out pretty well for them. And now through this Apple Store, it's twenty nine ninety five, as you're saying. Personally, I'd be surprised if the next update is free. I think they might be going in that direction ultimately, but I think if I had a guess or bet now, that I would say that, that Mountain Lion will be a twenty nine ninety five upgrade. Okay, well, that's a bet I won't take you up on because mm-hmm. it probably will be, although Apple could surprise us. Ted Landau, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Well, like you said, I'm at the Mac Observer. I do a weekly column called Ted Landau's User-Friendly View, and I also do a now semi-weekly or bi-weekly, whatever the expression is, once every other week, a column for Macworld Magazine called Bugs and Fixes. Okay, you can catch us, technightowl.com. That's technightowl.com for my cutting-edge commentaries. On Twitter, we are Tech Night Owl, at Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We have a forum, forum.technightowl.com. And guess what? We have the other radio show for you. 
about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. Special thank you to Ted Landau for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Well, you're welcome for having me here. I enjoy it as always, and I'll look forward to coming back again. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.